the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Joining me now, Jonathan Marino from TheStreet.com, journalist, broadcaster as well. How are you, Mr. Marino? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, having you back on. Uh, you've recently worked on some pieces tied towards IPOs and speculation, maybe a little bit of froth. Tell us what you're working on. Yeah. Um, so today, later today, we're expecting to see uh, seamless price at IPO after the market closes. They're going to be going public tomorrow. Um, as a tech stock, they're, I guess, pretty hot because they really managed to build up their subscriber base in regions like yours and regions like mine. Um, but, you know, other than that, the traditional, I guess, a little bit more pure play investor uh, retail food IPO, you know, stuff like noodles and potbelly, two IPOs that priced and priced and then, you know, proceeded to go up pretty substantially in trading. Um, they performed well, and it, and it seems like right now, um, especially, you know, when you, look, when you look at the younger consumers of food, um, you, you know, the, the folks that are really also kind of in that sweet spot to, to social, the, the 18 to 34 range, they're ranging, I guess, a little bit away from, you know, the Mickey D's, the Burger King, the, the stuff that you and I used to eat as kids when, you know, we had to stop alongside of the highway and your parents just want to basically feed you something to shut you up. Um, now, now younger consumers are gearing more towards, you know, the Shake Shacks and, and the Fat Burgers of the world. Um, and, and it seems like having a little bit more of a unique lineup in terms of menu, again, just to go back to noodles and pot belly, it's resonating with shareholders as well as with consumers. So social has been a, a huge plus for food delivery and food services on phones. Um, I have a friend who works in the San Francisco Media District, and he basically gets everything on Groupon. So he figures out what restaurants have deals and uses it straight through like that. That is the target audience for these new companies, correct? Oh, yeah. No, I feel like Seamless is geared a little bit more towards the same kind of consumer that I guess, you know, just to say what I said before really quickly, the same kind of folks who are trending out of stuff like Mickey D's and the more homogenized menu. Um, they're the same kind of urban consumers that are really being targeted by Seamless because there's a heavier concentration of restaurants, and that makes it a lot easier for them to do their jobs there. Um, just one more note on Seamless, too, very quickly. Um, they haven't done a lot of international expansion yet, and the people who I've spoken to who are bullish on their IPO say that the company's ability to horn into new markets and in other countries and into the territory of another company that just went public today called Just Eat in the U.K., um, they, they have a similar business model to Seamless. Uh, people who like their IPO say that that's a big point of potential expansion for them is the international community. I think another one coming public maybe tonight or tomorrow is Grubhub. Um, so it seems like there's a veritable plethora of foodie kind of angles on uh, IPOs. Is that is that the market reaching, or is that the market giving us what we need, more choices? I, I think I think it's important that, you know, there's a lot of choice coming out um, for not just consumers but also for investors. And I feel like potentially, the, you know, all of these smaller players have a real – 
great deal of potential to disrupt the traditional folks. You know, the guys that we've seen around, and to give you another example, uh, is Darden Restaurants. They've been under pressure from investors to spin off a chain that you and I discussed on a separate show, Red Lobster. And one of their investors is actually objecting to that, saying that, the, that Red Lobster is something that could potentially generate uh, close to a billion dollars for the investors if they keep it within the company. I would say, you know, when you look at all these companies, um, you know, not just Red Lobster, Noodles, Potbelly, but also a couple of food-related IPOs, supermarkets that have underperformed, uh, Sprouts Farmer's Market and uh, Fairway, which is really heavily concentrated, I know, on my end of the country here in New York. There's a potential, I feel like, for a big commodity impact, which is coming from your side of the country, because the California drought has the potential to increase prices for, you know, virtually everything that goes, say, into a hamburger, the price of meat, lettuce, um, tomato. Just to give you some perspective on personal insight, I've got a friend who's a female, 30-year-old, and going into her apartment, she opened her refrigerator, and all there was in it was just alcohol. Everything she eats, everything she consumes is fresh. So the Sprouts markets are doing very, very well because of people like her. Um, no frozen food. She looks at frozen food as almost poison, uh, right. which to me is it's shocking, the uh, Generation Y or the millennials and their effect on the food market at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be pretty interesting to see it play out. And also, you know, the organic food play, you know, and to go back on, on the Sprouts Farmer's Market, they gear a little bit more towards the uh, healthier food set. Um, when you look, you know, you just look at the chicken sector very quickly, one of the reasons that Chick-fil-A has actually risen so quickly among consumers um, is because the company kind of caters towards a little bit more of a healthier, quote-unquote, chicken sandwich than, you know, the fried products like KFC. Where does this all end? Is it going to end in mergers and acquisitions? Is it going to end? At, it's not going to end in McDonald's going out of business. But what's the next catalyst with all these IPOs and you know the access to capital? They can you know continue to grow stores, but does it end in M and A or does it end in a sector shakeout? What are you seeing? I would say actually probably a little from column A and a little from column B. If if you look at the all the pressures that McDonald's is facing right now from all of these smaller competitors, I wouldn't say that they're going to get blown away. I mean, I would never expect Mickey D's to no longer be at the rest stop because the rest stop play is something completely different than, you know, another potential IPO candidate is Shake Shack where they have a real sit-down business model. I mean, you can sit down and have a beer and a dessert with your burger, which isn't really technically the the drive-through um, the drive-through play on that market. But then I would also expect to see a lot of M&A. I mean, kind of, kind of similar to how now you're seeing uh, big alcohol going out and acquiring some smaller brewers. It wouldn't shock me to see somebody like McDonald's or maybe even a Burger King buy one of these smaller players and then integrate them as kind of um, an upscale version of themselves. But, but again, to go back to your friend who's, who's obsessed with organic eating, I, I know a lot of folks who are the exact same way. Shake Shack does make a better burger. McDonald's, you know, if they were going to be a potential acquirer for that company, would have to really commit and publicize the fact that they were making a long-term commitment to provide people the same level of quality there, Although, or else, rather, um, they, they would see, you know, potentially a, a lot of shakeout from that customer base. Anything else that you want to add to this story, Jonathan? Um, nope. I think it's going to be interesting to see the seamless IPO come out tonight, and I think we're going to see a lot of other IPOs pricing in the future, you know, maybe even another half dozen for the food sector, and I look forward to coming back and speaking about those. Thanks very much. It's Jonathan Marino with TheStreet.com. He does a lot of video work at The Street. Uh, seamless IPO is one of those um, stocks, food delivery kind of angles. Grubhub's IPO coming out. Uh, you can find out more about this type of information going to street.com. They've got a great site with lots of information. Um, Grubhub seamless shares priced up in advance of the offering. Should retail investors buy in? Of course, you should consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks mentioned. But it's 
fascinating to watch just the you know <clears throat> the online food delivery services business and how everything's getting tied towards mobile and it's got big money huge money drawing into it uh, they raised the expectation the IPO last night from 23 from twenty dollars a share to basically twenty three dollars a share they're gonna raise 176 million dollars uh, Grubhub which handles pickup and delivery orders for restaurants online and via the phone it said it's selling four million shares that's not a lot so Grubhub had about 28,000 restaurants and 3.4 million active users in its network as of December 31st. And we're going to hear more and more about it. They're going to trade under the IPO Grub. The company was created through a merger of Grubhub and Seamless last October, uh, last October, last August. So uh, <clears throat> fresh food delivered. So 28,000 restaurants. Um, and again, I, I guess it's kind of what we want, right? The restaurant food ordering site um, has some interesting facts about it. Their financial figures are starting to be shown. They were up 67% year over year. Profit, they are profitable, not wildly profitable. $137 million in revenue, $6.7 million in profits. Uh, company had more than 3.4 million active diners. It had 28,000 restaurants in its platform. Uh, the firm says its primary target is about 350,000 restaurants. That account for 61% of all those in the U.S. Grubhub CEO Matthew Maloney, uh, he co-founded Grubhub Holdings in 2004, which had acquired Dot Menu. He has an MBA from the University of Chicago. It's got more than 40 trademarks registered in the U.S., including Grubhub, Happy Eating, Seamless, Order Hub, Your Food Is Here. Like right, Seamless was a spin-out of a corporate uh, play of Aramark. Uh, they acquired Menu Pages, moved up the ranks of the, the business model. Um, in metropolitan markets, Seamless and Grubhub generally experience a relatively increase in diner activity from September to April, a relatively decrease in diner activity from May to August. So there's going to be some um, seasonality to the stock. In their campus markets, they see higher volume when school is in session. Colder or more inclement weather typically increases order volume as opposed to warmer, sunny weather when people want to go out on their own versus having it brought to them. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Just an enormous amount of food and food-related products coming public. Um, it, it may tell you that there's some froth in the market. When everyone in one category is trying to get out there, for instance, the same can be said for a lot of the cloud 2.0 kind of companies, uh, web services companies online, uh, there's been a huge inordinate rush of them. And they want to get public while the market's hitting all-time highs, gets them into the market, so to speak. Um, can't say that I'm wildly excited to uh, play in the Grubhub, but it is fun to watch what the IPO market is presenting to us. So that was Jonathan Marino, and you can find him at thestreet.com. Taking a look at the market numbers. Dow's down 15, the NASDAQ down 19, the SP 500 down 2.
people are pretty comfortable using their phone to buy and three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.